actual fuck is going on with this whole politics business? And the, the stuff about me paddleboarding, nonsense. The sea was actually closed. It was a, a red notice. When Kermit the Frog, Kermit the Frog sang, it's not easy being green. You remember that one? Russia should go away, should shut up. And try that's in December, I'll be in Beijing, opening up new pork markets. Like seriously, what the fuck? Hello, hi, it's me, Jennifer Wan, here for a brand new episode of What the Actual Fuck? Else going on with this whole politics business and I really cannot stress enough to you and I know I say this all the time but I always mean it this week what the fuck seriously we'll get into it but oh my god non-stop drama non-stop shenanigans I I literally can't I can't um so we're gonna get into it um but like unrelated but like slightly related <laughs> um there are a couple of ways you can you can get involved in things with this show by the way if you wanted to come on audience participation um in the description there is a link to a discord server i've set up a discord can you believe i mean uh so you can you can hang there and chat and we can all be friends and shit uh you can also leave voice messages for this show there is a link to do that and the description if you if that's the kind of thing you like to do if you want to tell me your thoughts tell me your feels tell me what's going on with you what you're thinking what you're feeling who you're going to vote for you can let me know um and also <laughs> if you're enjoying this show and and you feel like maybe you want to you want to help me out you can rate and review this podcast in uh spotify if you listen there or apple Podcasts. um and if you're feeling super generous if you want to get that tory donut experience except you don't get a peerage because i have the power to give you that then you can also support the show uh by checking out uh, the links in the description for my coffee page or my Patreon. Uh, with Patreon, you get uh, lots of cool exclusive content. Um, you get exclusive stuff on the Discord as well. And you also get free uh, free stuff. We send out little packages all around the world. It's a fun time. Anyways... Let's get on with the mess because there is so much. I cannot stress this enough to you. There is so much and I can't, like, I, I'm excited to talk about this, but also I'm just like absurdly angry at the state of things, you know, it's, it's a really weird emotional state to be in.
big dog has been having a bad time. A bad, 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 bad time. Um, Boris Johnson, who apparently likes to refer to himself as big dog now, um, has had a really shit week. And I love that. Um, <laughs> apparently there have been plans by uh, members of parliament in the north who are conservatives. They refer to themselves as the red wall, but I... Look, I, I just... Whatever. Um, they've been planning to try and remove Boris Johnson. Discussing submitting letters to the 1922 committee. In the hopes of forcing a no-confidence vote in the Prime Minister. Um, a member of the Cabinet anonymously said in regards to this, it's pretty sickening. They were only elected because of him. Most of them are a load of fucking nobodies. It's nuts. Now, <laughs> if you are in a situation where a lot of your members of parliament are upset with the leader of your party, it's probably not a good idea to call them fucking nobodies, even if it might be true. Um, I don't think much of a lot of the 2019 intake for the Conservative Party or really for some of the other parties either. Um, but... The fact of the matter is, you do need them on side. And if you're calling them fucking nobodies, then that's, I mean, that's not going to go well for you. Um, and there was one person who I guess snapped and decided he had had enough. I'm talking about Christian Wakeford, former Conservative Member of Parliament, for Bury South defected to the Labour Party minutes before Prime Minister's questions. Absolute scenes. Absolute drama. Absolute mess. And I love it! <laughs> now, in terms of, of whether somebody who, like, minutes before was a Conservative, should they be joining the Labour Party? I don't know. I'm not a member of the Labour Party, so I don't really get a say in that. I do think it's a bit weird. I don't think you can just change your principles overnight. Um, especially as this is a guy that has been critical of the Labour Party, um, including key members of the Labour Party. Uh <laughs> He um he referred to Labour as a bunch of cunts uh, in a leaked WhatsApp chat that was as recent as January 2021. Um, when discussing Angela Rayner, um, he, he just said, fuck me, that will be one to watch for the giggles, which is... Which is not nice. It's not very nice. Um, there have been a number of members of the Labour Party that are upset by this. Um, it didn't go down well with everybody. Of course, there you know there were some who were happy because I mean, who doesn't want you know a new MP? You know, it takes one away from the Conservatives. But you know, there were still some people that were very very unhappy. Let's take a look at the Instagram comments where the Labour Party announced the uh, 
their new signing. They really did it like sports clubs do when they like get someone new. They had like a graphic and everything and they captioned it, a very warm welcome to Christian Wakeford MP, the new Labour MP for Bury South and a little rose emoji. Owen Jones straight in there. Owen Jones. Although I imagine he probably showed up at the top of the comments because he's verified on Instagram. Uh, yay, a frothing at the mouth right winger who voted to drive kids into poverty and demonise refugees has been welcomed into the Labour Party after being scared he'd lose his tiny majority. Whoop whoop, yas queen. <laughs> okay, you know what, bitch, that was funny. Um, I, I actually, um, I, I think... What Owen says towards the end, I think, probably holds a lot of truth. The fact of the matter is, Christian Wakeford and a lot of the uh, 2019 intake of Conservative MPs that took Labour seats have very, very, very small majorities. And given how pissed off the public is with Boris Johnson and, by extension, the Conservative Party... Um, it is quite unlikely that they will retain those seats at a general election. So it probably is a little bit of self-preservation to jump to the Labour Party. Um, you know, some would say, well, you know, if he wanted to defect from the Conservatives, he could stand as an independent um, or he could, you know... <sighs> maybe join the Liberal Democrats, you know, I mean, yeah, there's not going to be a complete ideological matchup, but it, it makes a bit more sense than the Labour Party. Um, but I think moving to the Labour Party definitely is more to do with the fact that he knows that the, <laughs> quite a few voters in his constituency are going to go back to voting for Labour. Um, and if you can't beat the Labour candidate, become the Labour candidate. If you can't beat the Labour Party, join the Labour Party. I think that may have been part of the thought process. So I, I do see um, what Owen Jones was saying. I think maybe this is more to do with the fact he would lose his majority than, you know, anything else. Um, some other comments. Using this as a quick example to give to people when they ask about why Labour isn't left anymore. Um, I don't think that's entirely fair. I think that there are still a number of committed, you know, completely left-wing people within the Labour movement and within the Labour Party who are elected. So, you know, fuck their drag, right? Um, didn't this guy consistently vote against climate change measures and for a stricter asylum system seems bad to me. Yeah, although we are going to get into that in a second, although it depends on whether you believe him. We'll get into it. Tory with a red tie. Um, well, kind of. <laughs> Socialists aren't welcome in the party, but Tories are. Bro, like, what the fuck you think Diane Abbott is? Or or John McDonnell? Or like, there's a lot of socialists there, like, I'm just saying. Um, he voted for the welfare cap to scrap universal uplift for the elections bill, national nationality and borders bill, to name a few. How is this allowed in Labour? It's beyond me, honestly. Yeah... Tory to Labour these days is nearly the same thing. Um, 
I I have to disagree with that. You know, I have my own personal beefs with the Labour Party, but come the fuck on. Um, <laughs> let's not be dramatic. I, I've just seen one positive comment. Uh, <laughs> they do exist. It won't be long until the hashtag Labour Party are in power. Hashtag vote Labour. Hashtag Keir Starmer for PM. Okay, well, someone's happy. Um, <laughs> how long's the contract? <laughs> okay. Um, not sure this is the flex you think it is. Not going to dispel any thoughts that Labour is now a centre-right party. Um, well, I mean, a quick look at policies and that. Would, would make that a bit clearer but okay um how can a tory switch to labor and how can the labor party accept him i think that's that's a question worth asking i'm just saying um so why did why did this man make this choice why did he make the switch let's find out because helpfully he wrote a letter telling us he wrote a letter. He's Roxy Andrews and he's here to make it clear. Um, as as the kids say, if they're cool kids. Um, he was also, as many people keep pointing out, uh, he was uh, <laughs> a co-sponsor and he also voted for a private member's bill in 2020 that would enable the recall of members of members of the house of commons who voluntarily changed their political party affiliation um and then he did it so <laughs> that's a, a a fun little thing i guess uh so christian wakeford here's his statement dear prime minister i am writing to def to inform you of my decision to resign from the Conservative Party and apply to join the Labour Party. From today, I will be sitting as a Labour MP for Bury South because I have reached the conclusion that the best interests of my constituents are served by the programme put forward by Keir Starmer and his party. I care passionately about the people of Bury South and I've concluded that the policy of the Conservative government that you lead are doing nothing to help the people of my constituency and indeed are only making the struggles they face on a daily basis worse. Okay, look, I'm trying not to interrupt, but I'm going to interrupt. Um, right, I hear you. I agree that the Conservative government is not good for the people of Bury South or for the people of anywhere. But why are you just coming to this conclusion now? Why are you just saying this now? I, do you know what? I got to interrupt with another interruption because, because this man, Christian Wakeford, he said, he said that he was threatened that a high school in his constituency would not be built if he didn't vote a certain way. He said that if he refused to go along with what he was told to do, vote for a policy he didn't believe in, vote for something he didn't want to do, that his constituents would be made to suffer because the school that they desperately needed would be deprived from them. They wouldn't get it. 
So it should not be new information to him that the Conservative government does not have his constituents' best interests at heart. And yet he is only just coming out to say anything? Why? Why? I feel like people would have taken it better if at the time, at the time that he was told that, he'd have said something. You know, there are, trust me, there are plenty of journalists that would have loved to talk about it with him. Um, and I think the Labour Party and the Labour membership as well would have been a lot more welcoming if he had come to them and said I'm being told if I don't vote for this this thing that I don't want to do and that I think is bad for my constituents I'm being told that the funding they need for this school will be taken away can I come and join your party I'm pretty sure that the Labour membership would be a lot more welcoming I'm pretty sure that it would look a lot better for the Labour party to accept him like I it's just it makes no sense to wait this long is all I'm saying Especially if, if you firmly believed that the government was doing your people wrong. I'm, ju I'm just saying. Britain needs a government, he says, focused on tackling the cost of living crisis and providing a path out of the pandemic that protects living standards and defends the security of all. It needs a government that upholds the highest standards of integrity in public life. And sadly, both you and the Conservative Party as a whole have shown themselves incapable of offering the leadership and government this country deserves. Okay. Okay, but that's not exactly new either, babes. Come on, man. Come on, man. I can no longer support a government that has shown itself consistently out of touch with the hardworking people of Burry South. What, and you could before? Come on, man. <laughs> ah. My decision is about much more than your leadership and the disgraceful way you've conducted yourself in recent weeks. Then why has it taken you so fucking long, bro? Like, that's the thing. If he's saying it's not just about Partygate... Why, why, why has he waited until Partygate? Like, I, I'm just saying. That's all. Uh, you know, I guess we'll have to wait and see how things go. But come on, man. You're telling me, you're telling me that you only just decided, you only just. Like, come on, come on. And it's clear, it's clear that he had these thoughts before because there's a tweet that he made um, on the 12th of January. He said, how do you defend the indefensible? You can't. It's embarrassing. And what's worse is it further erodes trust in politics when it's already low. We need openness, trust and honesty in our politics now more than ever. And that starts from the top. Well, babes, you could clearly see that it wasn't, it wasn't there. You could clearly see that it wasn't there. So I'm just saying, I'm just, I'm just fucking saying. Nadine Doris decided to weigh in, the culture secretary, a fool, culture of clowns. She said, sadly, Christian, as she tagged him, 
has yet to realise that the union Jack Marskey is wearing to cross the floor to labour is not welcome on that side of the house. I guess she's kind of implying that, I don't know, the opposition are, like, not okay with, like, the flag or whatever, which is weird because Keir Starmer is constantly photographed with the fucking flag. So where are you getting that from, love? Where is that coming from? your imagination you weird strange woman um i mean girl <laughs> prime minister's questions was not a fun time for boris johnson he did not have fun um there was of course the humiliation of one of his mps defecting um and then another one of his own mps called for him to go right there in public to his damn face. David Davis, Conservative MP, said, I expect my leaders to shoulder the responsibility for the actions they take. Yesterday, he did the opposite of that. You have sat there for too long. In the name of God, go. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Amazing. Um, Boris Johnson... I, st I still think that he does not realise the situation that he's in and the trouble that he's in. Um, there was a moment during Prime Minister's questions, he was being asked a question by Ian Blackford, who is the Westminster leader of the Scottish National Party. And Boris Johnson was just fucking sitting there, fucking messing around, laughing like a fucking toddler. There was one point where he was fucking around on his phone and it's like he doesn't realise that the whole process is filmed and we can watch it live. <laughs> we can literally watch it live. And he's... Oh, God. I just... I really don't think that Boris Johnson has um, fully understood the reality of what is happening. I think that there is a belief that he still holds on to, that everything is going to be fine. He just needs to um just hold on and everything will be sorry there's something going on outside my house i don't know what that is but anyway he thinks that it's all going to be fine he can still figure it out style it out it's all going to be fine because he's boris johnson and everything always works out in his favor um i, I think part of that comes from the fact that he has you know enablers around him people that keep telling him oh it's all it's all gonna be all right boris it's all gonna be fine um but i think those people are, are lying to him because it's not going to be okay it's not going to be fine um and the reality is this is probably you know the beginning of the end for him um because people have had a fucking enough, you know, and it doesn't it doesn't matter what tricks he pulls out. I think none of them are really going to help. I mean, Operation Red Meat, that was a bust. Uh, more on that in a, in a little bit. Uh, that's gone nowhere. Uh, nobody gives a shit. Uh, nobody's really buying it. He uh, he decided to relax some covid measures. Um, so, 
masks are, are well by the time you hear this they'll be gone i think uh no more masks in schools public places uh in england um they will be removing compulsory COVID passes in some bigger venues in England, removing the need to work from home. Um, and to be honest, we actually haven't been shown any evidence that this is the right thing to do. So there are a lot of people asking the question of, well, is this happening because Boris Johnson wants a distraction? Or because he wants people to love him again, you know, or is it actually scientifically the right thing to do? Because here's the thing. Why are none of the other countries in the union doing this? Why is Wales not drastically changing its rules right fucking now? Why is Northern Ireland or Scotland not changing the rules drastically right now? Um... You know, Boris Johnson said that they're looking to end the requirement to self-isolate in the next couple of weeks if you test positive for COVID. Why is no other country, why is no other government in the union doing that? You can't tell me that they're all seeing different science. They're all being shown the same data, right? They're all being shown the same um the, the same data, all the same information about how the virus behaves and what could potentially happen. Why is it that only one government, one government whose leader is in a massive scandal and needs a way to bring up public support, they're the only one that's like, oh, yeah, yeah, fuck it. We're just, you don't have to self-isolate no more. Yeah, if you don't want to, Big Dog's going to sort that out for you. Don't worry, mate. I got you, I got you. Like, it doesn't make sense. If if it were the case that we were at a point with COVID that we could remove things like self-isolation, for example, then why, why is only one country in the union doing it? Why is only one government pushing it as an idea? Are, are you telling me that, that the scientists in Wales, Northern Ireland and Scotland are all seeing something completely different? Really? I don't think. I don't think. I, I, in my opinion, <laughs> in my opinion, I think that, I think that Boris Johnson is hoping to do it to get people to stop talking about his behaviour and his shenanigans because he desperately needs a win. He desperately needs to be seen as the good guy um, to save his career and also because of his desperate need to be liked. Uh, Boris Johnson, in my opinion, is a narcissist. He is somebody that cannot accept people not liking him. I think that has affected a lot of his decisions during the pandemic. Um, there have been a lot of things where he has done it, I think, for the sake of popularity. Um, for example, you know, the whole Freedom Day thing, you know, a little while back, he was like, oh, Freedom Day, we're not putting the restrictions back on ever again. Because he knew that would be a popular thing to say. And, and it worked because polling for the Conservative Party went up briefly. But... We ended up with restrictions again in England. 
because as it all turns out, it actually was not the right time to do it. So the government essentially wasted all of our time, put people in danger because Boris Johnson needed to feel popular. Boris Johnson needed to fucking have his moment and be like, oh, I'm everybody's favourite prime minister. Everyone fucking loves me. And and look at what it's cost us. You know, we're back in fucking restrictions. <laughs> More people have died as a result of him doing that. Um... You know, shit like eat out to help out. How many more people got infected because of that? Because he wanted to be fucking popular. So Ghana's government were like, keep my name out your fucking mouth this week. The Republic of Ghana... Uh, decided to issue a press release because there was uh, a lot of stuff briefed to the press at the end of last week. Uh, Operation Red Meat. Now, that was supposed to uh, quench the thirst of potentially rebellious conservative MPs, keep them on side, keep them happy with the government. Um, and one of the things that was mentioned in that was a plan to... Oh God. God. To send migrants to other countries for processing and resettlement. And one of those countries that was mentioned in the press reports was the Republic of Ghana. And they said, keep my fucking name out your fucking mouth. Their Ministry of Foreign Affairs and Regional Integration released this statement. It has come to the attention of the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and Regional Integration that UK newspapers this morning reported details of a document dubbed Operation Dead Meat. I feel like that was shade. I feel like they were being shady and I love that for them. Which contains, among others, a measure supposedly drawn up by UK authorities to send migrants to countries such as Rwanda and Ghana for processing and resettlement. The Ministry of Foreign Affairs and Regional Integration wishes to state categorically that Ghana has not engaged with the UK on any such plan and does not intend to consider any such operation in the future. It is recalled in this regard that the Ministry on the 8th of September 2021 debunked in a tweet a news item by Sky News UK about a possible Ghana interest in a partnership agreement with the UK to host deported or returned migrants of third countries from the UK. The position of the government has not changed and the ministry advises that any publication that implies otherwise should be ignored. Oh my God. They really said Operation Dead Meat, one iconic country. Um, I think they were completely right to do this. I think because, look, knowing the British government, as we all unfortunately do, they probably leaked that stuff to the papers they sort of pushed it around a bit um hoping to just shut up the potentially rebellious mps um and i think you know the 
the countries that they've mentioned and dragged into this have every right to defend themselves and say, actually, no, we haven't been having meetings with you. No, we haven't taken your fucking calls about this ludicrous plan. And we're not part of this and it's not going to happen. They have every right to do that. Um, and it really highlights the arrogance of the British government um because they they just they just think they can do what they fucking like they can they can bring everybody into their ridiculous bullshit plans and it's just so stupid so yeah we stand Ghana right now um you know who we don't stand disgraced former health secretary Matt Hancock he's out of isolation he's uh he's feeling covid free and uh, he decided to celebrate, I guess, by going swimming. Um, he, uh, oh God, he went swimming in a London park, very topless. I felt attacked by these images. Um, what I want to say, by the way, just to just to clarify because i feel like this is something that doesn't really get talked about as much as it perhaps should be nine times out of ten when a public figure is photographed by like paparazzi or whatever they called them themselves matt hancock in these pictures like he's trying real hard to look all candid he's like oh i'm swimming i'm athletic oh look at me i've got my top off i'm getting my tits out for the lads but he probably called the photographers to come. Um, I, I'd like to know why, because I don't know why I had to be... I was just scrolling Twitter, man. I didn't need to see this. I didn't need to see this. But, you know, nine times out of ten, especially with politicians, because I'm not trying to be rude, but it's not like, you know, these politicians are like fucking Beyonce or like fucking Dua Lipa or somebody like nobody is really that interested in seeing what Matt Hancock gets up to you know in the mornings nobody is that interested in seeing him going swimming um you know no nobody it's like a couple of years ago there was this uh there was a press report about how uh and, and it was I'm always very surprised that this kind of like faded away, to be honest. Um, there was a press report about how the neighbours of Carrie and Boris Johnson, this was before, you know, Boris Johnson was prime minister. Um, they had heard Carrie and Boris having a huge argument. They had heard her seemingly needing help um, and him being really fucking awful to her. Um, and then literally the next day, the next day, there was these really obviously posed, candid shots of them in a field, like having a lovely chat and being all coupley and nice. And it was really obvious that he had called photographers and that the whole thing had been set up. So... I just wanted to express to everybody that Matt Hancock probably set up to have these photos taken. I cannot tell you why, because honestly, it's like looking into the mind of a maniac. But for some reason, he wanted us to see him like this.
I don't really know why. I um, mean, he's out here serving midlife crisis. I, I wouldn't show that off if I were him. Uh, but he decided that he really, really wanted to. Um, <laughs> to what end? To what end? Um, hmm. <laughs> God, not this. Not this. Oh, my God. Uh, the transport, the Department for Transport, Grant Shapps, Transport Minister, Transport Secretary Extraordinaire. <laughs> I just, I can't believe this. He was like, you know what? It's time. Everyone keeps joking about how this government is like the thick of it. So it's time to just fucking go for it. Um, if you don't know, right, The Thick of It is perhaps one of the greatest television shows of all time, in my opinion. Uh, but it is a television show. It's, it's like a satirical take on, on the British government. It's hilarious. It's ridiculous. It's camp. It's so stupid. Like, you look at it and you just think, oh my God, I can't believe that someone would think that that's how the British government is. But then now you look at the timeline we're in now and you're like, oh shit. They were actually really, like, under-exaggerating, if that's a real word in English, which it probably isn't, but never mind. Um, you know, oh my God, like, what? Like, we're actually living in satire now, if you think about it. Um, but there's one episode where <laughs> the Minister for Social Affairs has to go to a school... And he's making an announcement, but he's suddenly been told he cannot make the announcement he was going to make because they're not sure if the policy that he was going to announce has been given the OK by the prime minister. So in the car on the way there, he's like trying to figure out something to say. And one of his advisors says to him, what if the announcement is that there's no announcement. We just make, we just make, you know, bring everybody together and say, there's no fucking announcement. We're working really hard and you're not paying attention. There is no announcement. We fucking tricked you. And, uh, <laughs> Grant Shapps this week <laughs> he decided to announce that um god it's so stupid it's so fucking stupid the the government are going to be looking at removing announcements on trains the announcement is we're taking away the announcements like what the fuck man um i j <sighs> So they're looking at taking away announcements that they believe to be unnecessary. Um, a lot of people were like, why, why are you announcing this? You could just fucking do it. Like, why are you telling us this? But actually, um, even though it did make the government look like a fucking joke, although they always look like that, um, there is actually a benefit in, in him announcing this as if it was, you know... It's just funny because, like, there's been a lot of scandal around the government and then he just pops up and goes, we're taking away some of the announcements on trains. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. It, it was very cringe. Um, but 
One of the things that has been pointed out by disability campaigners is that quite a lot of the announcements that would probably be deemed unnecessary to most of the public are incredibly important for accessibility. So my hope is that the government will actually listen to these campaigners and keep announcements that are going to help disabled people to travel. However, knowing this government like I do, they probably fucking won't. Um, I guess we'll see how it pans out. Um, the Scottish Liberal Democrats. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, the Scottish Liberal Democrats had a a week. Interesting week. I I guess you know what I guess they saw. Douglas Ross and the Scottish Conservatives getting dragged all the time and they wanted a piece of that. They were like, we want some attention too. Um, well, congratulations. You got like a brief bit, you know, but not that much because you're the Scottish Double Democrats and nobody really cares. Um, so Willie Rennie, the former leader of the Scottish Liberal Democrats um, and a man that frankly is, is weirdly obsessed with taking pictures with like like weird pictures he takes a lot of weird pictures I, I don't know if he thinks it's like him being like quirky and funny I don't know if he thinks it's cute but I, it's given me midlife crisis <laughs> there's a lot of men in politics that are just constantly giving me midlife crisis you know what I mean um anyway so he decided he wanted to be the main character this week. He reported Nicola Sturgeon to the UK Statistics Authority for her use of COVID figures. But it turns out <laughs> that this was, a, this was a stupid thing to do because... <laughs> he got percentage and percentage points mixed up so if they do investigate this it is very likely that it's going to come back and say no actually she was fine and you're shit at maths it's embarrassing babes um so what happened um so, <laughs> oh dear, oh my God. So they have claimed, they have claimed that <laughs> I mean, I'm really shit at maths, and even I kind of vaguely knew this. Like, that's how bad this is, you know? I, I mean, babe. Babe. So, they claimed that she was wrong for stating that an increase, so 5.4%, 7%. It's 20% higher than 4.49%. 
Now that's one percentage point higher. Sure. It's an increase of one percentage point. But in terms of the actual numbers that those percentages represent, it is a 20% increase. So as it all turns out, Nicholas Sturgeon was actually correct. So the percentage increase of the two figures would come in just under 22%, which means she was right. Um, this is embarrassing, bro. And you know what? The Scottish Liberal Democrats have enough to be embarrassed about as it is. So I would have thought, like, they would be keeping it quiet. <laughs> they wouldn't be. <laughs> they wouldn't be doing all that, girl. Um, especially as the, the Liberal Democrats, including the Scottish Liberal Democrats, are kind of famous for, like, really cringe, like bar charts and things that really misrepresent their chances of winning seats so uh, the i mean girl 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 not this absolutely not this um <laughs> i feel embarrassed for them um rory stewart has resurfaced again Rory Stewart, the, the centrist dreamboat, um, everybody thought he was going to be prime minister for a minute, um, that was a thing. Rory Stewart, you may remember from his campaign, Rory Walks, where he walked around parts of the UK talking to people when he was running for Tory leader to try and get their perspectives. Um, he's also apparently going to, like, there's going to be a film made about his life because he you know he's had uh, quite an interesting life I suppose apparently Brad Pitt is gonna play him um okay um anyway so he he was speaking to Sky News this week and he referred to uh the whip system we're gonna go into why uh in just a second um he referred to the whip system as an elected dictatorship he said it makes the uk an elected dictatorship it's big words rory he also he was actually all over the media this week he had lots of interviews going on which kind of makes me wonder does he have plans for the future maybe maybe um hmm we'll see So let's talk a bit more in depth about blackmail. I've never blackmailed anybody. Um, although now I think about it, I absolutely could. I know some really like incriminating stuff about some people, but like I wouldn't blackmail people because like I have a soul. Um, and also I don't want to go to jail. Um, so, <laughs> but you know who apparently doesn't care about this? You know who doesn't give a shit? Downing Street. Downing Street. So, William Rag, Conservative MP, Committee Chair, Senior Backbencher, he spoke out this week. He talked about the fact that 
whips for the Conservative Party who are basically supposed to keep people in line, make sure they vote where they're supposed to and things like that. Downing Street staff and special advisors to senior figures within the government. He accused them of blackmailing members of parliament to try and force them into voting in the way that the government wanted them to do. So, members of parliament have apparently faced pressure and intimidation for calling for the prime minister to resign. They have been told that investment in their constituencies would be cut and that embarrassing stories about them would be leaked to the press. So, I have to say, I completely believe this to be true. And I'm going to explain why. A couple of years ago, I'm not going to read the list out on this podcast. Because again, I don't want to go to fucking jail. Um, although I imagine it'd be more like a libel suit or a slander. Whichever one is the one where you're talking. But like, I, I, I can't be doing with that neither. I don't want to get sued. I don't want to go to jail. But... Uh, the long and short of it is there was a list that was leaked um, and published in some newspapers in a redacted format. There was also an unredacted uh, version that I have seen that does give the full details. And it was basically a spreadsheet that was kept by the Conservative Party uh, whips office of things that they could use to blackmail members of parliament. I don't know if it was an exhaustive list. I don't know if it was everybody they had, you know, fucking dirt on and shit. Uh, But I know that they did have uh, quite a substantial list of things that they could use to bully, intimidate and blackmail members of parliament with. And this was leaked and ended up being seen by the public. Um, Some of the things on there were relatively minor um, and... you know stuff like you know this person has had an affair um you know this person um you know is you know stuff for example like this person is gay and hasn't come out which you know would cause a lot of personal damage um but aren't you know illegal you know it's not illegal to have an affair It's a bit amoral, but it's not illegal. It's certainly not illegal to be gay in the UK anymore, thank God. Um, However, somebody who is gay um, should have the right to come out on their own terms and not be forced out. Um, So I would say there's a big ethical um, question as to why these whips thought it was appropriate to use that to threaten people. Um, bit homophobic in my opinion um but there was stuff on that list there were actual crimes on that list uh for example i'm pretty sure this is like the one that i can talk about because this person has now actually been um you know charged arrested imprisoned for uh you know for crimes uh, of the same nature so i i guess you know, maybe I could say it. Charlie Elphick, who was a Conservative MP, uh, he's not anymore, of course. Um, 
he was um he was accused and then charged and then ended up going down for sexual assault um and similar things appeared on the list they they had written about how he had sexually assaulted people on this little blackmail list and they were using it to blackmail him instead of going to the police they didn't try and protect other women from him and his abusive ways. Oh, no. They just used it to blackmail him. They didn't bother actually trying to protect people that he could hurt. Which says it all in my opinion. Um, so we know, we know that the Conservative Party has form, as the kids say on the Twitter, for blackmail. We know that they keep records of things and they will use them to, to blackmail people. There's quite a few other people on the list. I am absolutely not reading out anymore for obvious reasons. Um, but there were quite a few things on there that, in my opinion, would be crimes. You know, um... And it was not, you know, the information was not handed to the police. Um, it was just used to blackmail. So this is something that, you know, we know that the Conservatives probably have done before. Um, am I naive enough to think it never happens in other parties? Absolutely not. I 100% believe the same is happening in probably all parties, which is disgusting to me. Um, but this case in particular seems to be more immediately urgent because not only are the individual members of parliament who are being blackmailed potentially suffering, but so are their constituents. So earlier, we talked about Christian Wakeford. He talked about how he um, had been threatened with a loss of funding for a school in his constituency. Um, the kids needed a school. The government said, yes, you can have the school, but you can't have the school if you don't vote the way we want you to. So he was, um, you know, in his opinion, he was forced into voting for something he didn't want to because his constituents were essentially being threatened. They would have things taken away from them. They would have funding and projects taken away from them that they needed if he didn't do what he was told to do. Um, now, this is a government that has constantly gone on about levelling up the UK. And now we're finding out that constituencies that need help, areas that need help, may have had that levelling up taken away because an MP didn't vote a certain way. Members of Parliament have been threatened if they don't vote a certain way. Um, so the levelling up is essentially conditional. 
Uh, William Ragg talked about this. He is concerned that the law may have been broken as a result of this, um, as well as the ministerial code. I wish I could tell you I was shocked. I really want to be, but baby, I've been around too long. I I have to be honest, I kind of always, always fucking suspected that kind of shit because, I mean, if you think about it. Okay, so, <laughs> um, I I I like to I like to holiday in the lovely town of Blackpool. It's a lovely place. I really do love it there so much. The people are so nice. Uh, there's lots to do. They've got three piers. I mean, what more could you want? However, this is an area that was not receiving as much love, attention and care from the British government as it should have been, in my opinion. Um, it's a lovely community that needed help. And then the second that they vote for a Conservative MP across both constituencies in the area, suddenly the government's there with the fucking wallet out and they're like, oh, hi guys, we're going to give you lots of cool stuff. And it's like, well, why didn't you invest in this town that has so much fucking potential before now? I mean, if you look historically, a place like Blackpool, it was, it was, everyone was going there, everyone fucking loved it. And there is so much that the government could be helping them with to kind of rebuild that, you know? And they never bothered. They never fucking bothered until Blackpool South had a Tory MP. Why do you think that is? Huh? So, you know, initially we can tell from things like that, that, you know, levelling up and funding promises are conditional. You can have it if enough of you vote Tory. And... Now we're realising that that's not enough anymore for this government. Not only do they want your vote as a member of the public, but they also want unquestioning loyalty. They want fucking simp behaviour from your member of parliament or they'll take it all away again. They want your member of parliament to do whatever they tell them at all times or you don't get shit. It's disgusting. Angela Rayner said, she said, there are these are grave and shocking accusations of bullying, blackmail and misuse of public money and must be investigated. The areas of our country will be starved of funding because MPs don't fall in line to prop up this failing prime minister is disgusting. Damn straight. Uh, a number 10 spokesperson said, we are not aware of any evidence to support what are clearly serious allegations. If there is any evidence to support these claims, we would look at it very carefully. What? <laughs> did this person used to work at the Metropolitan Police? You are supposed to investigate to see if there's any evidence. You don't wait to investigate until you are presented with evidence. That's not how it's supposed to work. You are supposed to do the work and have a look around and see if you can find any fucking evidence. Then you make a decision about what you're going to do. You don't just say, oh, well, until you can bring us evidence, we're not going to investigate. No, do your fucking jobs. Don't be lazy. Don't be fucking lazy. Michael Fabricant decided to weigh in. He's been a real stupid bitch again this week. There's a lot of Michael Fabricant cringe content to get through, I'm afraid. Um, 
He said, if I reported every time I had been threatened by a whip or if a whip reported every time I had threatened them, the police wouldn't have any time to conduct any other police work. What nonsense. <laughs> Is this man on drugs? I d Bitch, what do you mean? I mean, firstly, you've basically just admitted that it's true that the whips are threatening and blackmailing and bullying people. Secondly, that's not normal. It's not normal behaviour. It is not normal behaviour for people to be bullied in their workplaces, it, especially not when they have jobs as important as this. When they are voting on key decisions about our lives. I mean, Christ, let's have a look at, at what MPs have voted for over the years. They, they voted on whether, whether people like me have a right to get married or not. They, they voted on, <laughs> on how much we're allowed to earn, how much is the minimum wage. They vote on, on our property rights, on our human rights. They are making big fucking decisions. If we cannot trust that they are allowed to make those decisions based on what they think is best for their constituents, if they are not allowed that choice and they are forced to vote one way or the other, then we're not living in a democracy, not really. And he's acting like this is normal. What the fuck, bitch? I... This is a very, very stupid, stupid man. I, <laughs> I'm sorry, but this is a very, very stupid man. A very, very stupid man indeed. Um, uh, there's apparently some rumours running around. Apparently, uh, conservative whips tried to spread rumours in regards to Christian Wake... <laughs> Christian Wakeford's uh, personal life um, after he defected to the Labour Party. I mean, I think that's a fucking stupid thing to do. But I, I just think that's... That really shows, you know, this, this is the government we've got. Look at them. Look at them. Look at what they've done. Look at what they're doing. It's fucked up. Um, Christian Wakeford, uh, a new Labour MP, of course, um, he decided to spill the beans. He said it was Gavin Williamson, the former education secretary, who told him that he would cancel a new school in his constituency if he voted against the government on free school meals. Now, for those who do not recall, let me just break it down for you real quick. At the time, the opposition were trying to force the government to keep providing free school meals to kids during the school holidays. We were in a pandemic. Um... I mean, we still are, but you know what I mean. We were in a pandemic. Um, a lot of families were struggling. 
people were losing their jobs, people didn't have as much income as they normally had and the school holidays were becoming a really, really difficult prospect for a lot of low-income families. And so the opposition, and with a lot of help from a fabulous young footballer, Marcus Rashford, were trying to push the government to continue providing free school meals during the school holidays to make sure that kids in low-income families didn't go hungry over the school holidays. Now, in comparison to some of the things that the British government splashes about money on, this really wouldn't have been that expensive. It wouldn't have been that much of an inconvenience to the government to do. And it would be the right thing to do. Those kids needed help. It's their fucking government's job to help them. In Wales, in Northern Ireland, in Scotland, their governments had already agreed to do it. They didn't need their oppositions to vote for it, for them to do it. They announced it off their own backs. They said, yes, of course, we will keep providing free school meals during the school holidays to help those kids. They didn't need to be told by the opposition. They didn't need to be asked by a footballer. They did it off their own backs. It was only the British government that was holding out and saying they didn't want to do it. It was only the people that made that decision here in England that decided they didn't want to do it. And Christian Wakeford says that he wanted to vote with the opposition to ask for free school meals to be provided during the holidays. And Gavin Williamson, according to Christian Wakeford, allegedly, because I don't want no bitch to sue me, apparently, allegedly, Gavin Williamson told him that if he voted against the government, he would cancel the building of the new school in his constituency. Now, this is why I don't like when people act like Gavin Williamson is this funny, cartoony, fucking comedy Frank Spencer character, because he's not. Gavin Williamson is a fucking horrible man. OK, this is not the first time he's done some fucked up, horrible shit. OK, this fucking bitch really thinks he's out here being fucking Francis Arquette. He's he's a fucking mess of a human being and he's a horrible, horrible person. He was really willing to take away a school from kids who need it because he was being asked to feed hungry kids. Do you understand the level of fucking monster that you have to be to do that? Well, he's there, okay? Gavin Williamson is not a good man. He is a bad person. And I understand maybe it's comforting, maybe it's a bit less disconcerting if you can pretend, oh, he's incompetent, oh, Betty. Like, I get it. Because it's hard to face up to the fact that there are some people that have served in our government that are fucking atrocious human beings. I understand. But you have to. You have to face up to it. You have to look it in the eye and say, Gavin Williamson's a fucking horrible person. Boris Johnson is a fucking horrible person. These are people that put their own self-interest ahead of the good of the public. Boris Johnson literally 
Mr. Let the Bodies Pile High. He's not some kind of fucking Mr. Blobby kind of guy. He's fucking like, he's a horrible person. Legitimately. Should I say evil? Well, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to say it. Yeah, fuck it. He's an evil person. There we go. And so is Gavin Williamson. He was willing to deprive those kids of educational resources because one guy said, hey, actually, I think maybe it's a bad idea to let kids starve over the summer holidays. Gavin Williamson is revolting. He is a horrid, horrid man. And he's also being handed a knighthood. So that's great. This, this is the government. This, this is what we have. Let's look at what else they've been up to. Let's have a fucking look. Let's have a fucking look. Islamophobia, anybody? A conservative MP. She has come forward. She has said that she was removed as a minister because apparently she was fired from her ministerial job because apparently her Muslim faith made her colleagues uncomfortable. Oh my God. Oh my God. So Nusrat Ghani, she was transport minister. She has claimed in an interview with the Times that she was fired in February of 2020 because she was a Muslim. Because apparently her Muslim faith was making her colleagues uncomfortable. Her Muslimness was apparently raised as an issue at a meeting in Downing Street and that her status as a Muslim woman and a minister made people feel uncomfortable. I'm sorry, but like... This is low even for the current conservative party like jesus christ jesus fucking christ and you know it gets even worse because the conservative the conservative social media team their press office they have made a huge deal of um of cabinet ministers and muslim heritage in the past i remember they did a big campaign um they it, it was kind of reminiscent of a campaign they'd done uh for john major years and years and years ago uh about sajid javid and they were like oh what do we do with the you know the son of a bus driver who's a muslim we make him the chancellor um although of course they neglect to mention that he essentially got pushed out of that role by dominic cummings um you know and and a lot of the time the conservatives will talk about their diversity how they have the most diverse cabinet ever uh you know they have muslim ministers um and then we find out this she said 
It was like being punched in the stomach. I felt humiliated and powerless. She kept quiet after being warned that if she continued to raise the issue, she would be ostracised by colleagues and her career and reputation would be destroyed. I'm sorry, but this is fucking horrifying. It doesn't matter which party you belong to and, you know, what your colours are and whatever, you know, whether you're a Tory, Labour... SNP, Green, whatever. None of that matters when it comes to something like this. This is open, horrifying discrimination. This is ugly. This is hideous. They humiliated her. This this is horrible. You know, a lot of people will say whenever, you know, something racist or terrible happens in the in the UK a lot of people will say the same thing they always say and it never fails to make me laugh they say this this has no place in our society but clearly it does clearly it does she she did nothing other than being a Muslim woman she lost her job. She has felt that she couldn't talk about it. She's felt humiliated. She's felt isolated. And she did nothing. Nothing wrong. Her only crime, so to speak, was being a Muslim woman. And look at what they did to her for that. And people will say, oh, there's no place for this in British society. Look around you. Look around you. A woman, a woman fired from her job for being a Muslim. How can, how can you say this sort of thing has no place? Maybe you'd like it not to have a place, and I'd agree with you on that, but you can't deny that it is... Here, it's part of the fabric of our society. It's the discrimination of of Muslims, discrimination against Jewish people, against women, against LGBT people, against black people. It's, it's already here. And it doesn't do any of us any good to ignore it and to pretend it's not happening. Because I'm sure that there are a lot of people that ignored this. They ignored what was happening to her. They ignored that she was removed because she was a Muslim. They ignored that some of their own colleagues went to the whips and said, I feel uncomfortable because she is a Muslim. They ignored that. And what good did it do? It didn't do no good. Look at where we are now. Um, there's a report that's come out this morning from Sky News. Number 10 has said that Boris Johnson met with her in 2020 and invited her to make a formal complaint. Apparently, Boris Johnson was not aware of these extremely serious claims until she met with him and told him. Fuck off, that's not, no. 
He's the prime minister. Are you telling me, are you telling me that his ministers can get fired and he has no idea why and he has no idea what's going on? You're telling me, you're telling me that the prime minister of Great Britain and Northern Ireland has absolutely no fucking clue what is going on in his cabinet. He has no idea what's going on day to day. Are you serious? Absolutely fucking lutely not. I, I'm sorry, I refuse. I refuse to accept that. You're telling me that they fired one of his ministers from his fucking cabinet and he just he just went, oh, oh, okay. And never bothered to ask why. Never asked why that happened. Never looked into it. Are you fucking kidding? That's a fucking lie, mate. That is a fucking lie. He's making a fool out of everybody. I'm sorry. Um, I don't buy it. I don't believe it. I don't buy it. I don't believe it. Um, and <sighs> Mark Spencer, who, as it all turns out, was the whip in question. He's the current chief whip for the Conservative Party. Uh, he tweeted and deleted this weekend... He said, to ensure other whips are not drawn into this matter, I am identifying myself as the person that Nusrat Ghani MP has made complaints about this evening, or claims about, sorry. Uh, these accusations are completely false and I consider them to be defamatory. I have never used those words attributed to me. It is disappointing that when this issue was raised before Miss yeah, before Miss Garney declined to refer the matter to the Conservative Party for formal investigation. Well, of course she didn't. She was told that she would be ostracised if she did. Like, why Why would she further the complaint if she's been told pretty clearly that... Oh, fuck's sake. These people are... Oh, honestly. Um, basically, he's trying to call her a liar. But it's interesting because at no point during the interview does she name this man. At no point. So he, he basically has outed himself for no reason. And then he ended up deleting the tweets within minutes. So that was interesting. Michael fucking Fabricant had something to say because of course he did. A fucking course he did. He tweeted, A former minister who has been plotting against Boris for some time now suddenly blames her sacking on hashtag Islamophobia when A, there are many excellent Muslim ministers in the government and B, she was nice but unimaginative and mediocre. You are not in a position to be calling people mediocre. Um, also, I have to be honest, I think it's fucking revolting that he would, you know, gaslight her like this and try and act like she's made this up. This is a new low even for him. Um, there are many other Conservative MPs that have publicly supported her. And of course, Michael Fabricant has a history of Islamophobia, so I don't think he's really the person to speak on this. Um, he tweeted an incredibly Islamophobic, uh, I don't want to say joke, because it wasn't a joke, because a joke has to be funny, but it was like a, a meme um, about Sadiq Khan um, in 2018. It was a picture of Sadiq Khan and a pig balloon 
do you know what? I'm not going to go into further detail. I'm sure that you can all draw your own conclusions. Um, it was really obviously Islamophobic. Um, he then put up like a bullshit statement and he was like, I accidentally tweeted a vile picture. Yeah, sure, girl. Which had been sent to me by someone I know in connection with HM Customs and Brexit. I thought it was from someone with good judgment. Because I was distracted in a meeting and saw it on my tiny iPhone screen, I didn't spot what it really was. When I saw the picture, I thought it was just a funny cartoon of a flying pig doing something to a baby Trump blimp. All I'm saying is if you look up the meme that he posted, it really is obviously about Sadiq Khan. There is a very clear picture of Sadiq Khan on it. It also says Sadiq Khan's name. It was very obvious that this was a racist, Islamophobic meme about the mayor of London, Sadiq Khan. Like, a baby could see that, you know? Um, so, anyway, I, I never really bought that it was an accident. Um, like, he, he was literally like, oh, I, I didn't know what it was. Oh, I tweeted it by accident. Oh, I was in a meeting. Like, who who tweets memes during a meeting, Michael? Who does that? Um, and then he was he was all uppity because he was like, I find it particularly galling, as everyone knows, I'm a socially liberal conservative. Well, obviously you're not because there have been multiple times when you've been openly Islamophobic. Like, come on, bro, that's not socially liberal. Um, I would never deliberately put up a racist or Islamophobic tweet to offend anyone. It's not my style, nor do I think that way. I... And then a couple years later, he's back on his fucking bullshit. Um, trying to gaslight a Muslim MP and trying to tell her that the Islamophobia that she has faced is not real. Fuck you, Michael Fabrican, and fuck your fucking ridiculous fucking wig. I... God. God. There's also been accusations that Boris Johnson himself has threatened uh, Conservative MPs. Um, according to Chris Bryant, who is the chairman of the Common Standards Committee and a Labour MP, um, he says he's been told by members of parliament themselves that the prime minister was involved in bullying and intimidating them um, and that he believes such behaviour would be illegal. He says he's spoken to about a dozen Conservative MPs in recent days who've been threatened by Conservative party whips either with having funding withdrawn from their constituencies or promised funding if they vote the right way. Um, and and now he's been told about the Prime Minister joining in on this. I'm not surprised Boris Johnson strikes me as that kind of person, to be honest. There is also, of course, uh, the... <laughs> The, uh, the situation with Boris trying to have a, a journalist beaten up. So that's interesting. Um, so, you know, do I believe that that is true? Yes. Yes, I do. Um, this is a man who tried to have a journalist beaten up. This is a man that 
loses his shit publicly whenever he's confronted with something he doesn't like. I mean, watching him in Prime Minister's Questions on Wednesday was actually quite an unsettling experience. You could see he was panicked. You could see he was freaking out. He looked quite fucking unhinged, if you ask me. Um, this strikes... He, he's deeply insecure. He's deeply insecure. You, you, can, you can see it. It drips off of him. It drips off of him. The insecurity, the self-loathing. You can just fucking see it every time you look at him. This is a man who would do anything to get what he wants. You know, he'll stab anybody in the back. He'll have anybody beaten up. He'll bully anyone. It doesn't matter to him. So I 100% believe it to be true. Um, and this, this is the state of our government. This is what we've got. This is it. I... Hey. Partying, bullying, betrayal, blackmail, racism. This is what we've got. Until the next election, of course. In which case, we suit up and we vote bitches out. Okay, my loves, that's all for this week. But I'll be back next week if the government doesn't have me. <laughs> if Boris doesn't have me beaten up first. What I might do when his goons turn up, I'll be like, I'm not actually a journalist, you know. I, I'm I'm just like a gobby cow with a podcast. I don't think it counts. I'm not a journalist, I'm sorry. And that might make them go away. But it might not, I don't know. Um, We'll see. Um... <laughs> Uh, if you want to get involved, you can send me an email. If you've got something to say, I'd love to hear it. Uh, you can also send me a voice message, link in the description for that, as well as the email address. If you'd like to uh, get in touch, tell me what you're thinking, what you're feeling. I'd love to hear it. It'll be fun. Um, you can also support the show by reviewing and rating us on your podcast platform of choice uh everyone really does help so that'd be really cute and fabulous <laughs> uh you can also um if you feel if you feel very generous you can uh subscribe on patreon you can get extra content lots of free stuff too and you also get stuff early uh if you'd like to do that uh from one dollar a month and upwards uh, you'll also get access to the private areas of Discord if you do that. Um, or you can support with one-off donations at Coffee. Uh, the description also contains those details, as well as the invite link for Discord if you would like to join there and chat with all of the people. I mean, currently there's no people there because I just set it up today, but... <laughs> Well, I'm there. <laughs> anyway, um, but I will see you again next week. And we will have lots to talk about, I'm sure. Again, if I haven't been, you know, if I'm not sleeping with the fishes in the River Thames or whatever. There's probably no fish in there, actually, to be real. It's a very, very dirty river. Um, <laughs> sleeping with the with the shopping trolleys uh, and that. Anyway, um, yeah, so I'll see you next week. Love you. Bye.
the actual fuck is going on with this whole politics business? And the, the stuff about me paddleboarding, nonsense. The sea was actually closed. It was a, a red notice. When Kermit the Frog, Kermit the Frog sang, it's not easy being green. Russia should go away, should shut up. Try that. I don't you've been to Peppa Pig World. Who's been to Peppa Pig World? been to Peppa Pig World. In December, I'll be in Beijing, opening up new pork markets. Like seriously, what the fuck?